Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. For Bob Jane T-Marts, tyre and wheel specialists, and for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage. Yeah, welcome to Off the Bench, Scott Sattler. How are you this evening <laughs> or today? Yeah, yeah, really good, Jace. Really good. Uh, leading into another uh, a good week of rugby league, uh, some... Some really good, uh, some really good matchups as well. Mm. Some top of the table matchups. Some clubs that are facing each other who I think will find will match each other again in uh, in the stages of October during the finals. The AFL again started off with a stinker again for the second game back after COVID. Oh yeah, what's going with Richmond? They can't score all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit like the Roosters when they started the season off yeah. this year after back to back premiers. Yeah, but this so. is the reverse. Mm. Right, this is like they've going. Roosters going good now. No, Roosters at the start of the season before COVID. Yeah, but now were horrible. But yeah, have Richmond won a game? I don't think they have yet, have they? I don't know. No, well, hey, listen, great news. Broncos lost again. It's a great day when you know the Broncos are four in a row, Why? mate. Why would you be happy? Well, you're either a Broncos supporter or you're not. Mm. Right. Let's be honest. Get get off the fence, mate, Mister Conservative. No, I'm. I'm you're either a I'm Broncos never on the supporter fence. or you hate the Broncos. No, that's and not I'm, true at all. I I dislike them. Well, you can if you like. There's yes. other teams that I, I dislike. The Roosters. So I dislike go. them as well. <laughs> <laughs> as a South supporter, <laughs> yeah. we're both South supporters, but we've got to hate the Roosters. Well, it's just part of your DNA. When Absolutely. You're born. Mm. Hey, listen. Yeah, the Broncos. Poor old Bronx uh, lost again last night or well, Thursday night, I should say. Twenty-seven to six to the Knights. We'll get into that uh, very soon. Um, you haven't got much time left too, by the way. Pop into Beaumont Tiles. They're open with 30% off Aussie made tiles. Now our friends at Beaumont Tiles have come on board and we're going to give away two bathroom makeovers valued at 10 grand each. You've heard us talking about this uh, for the last couple of months. All you have to do is head to iCanWin.com.au Upload a pic of your ugly bathroom that needs a makeover and tell us what your Beaumont style is because you can actually go on to Beaumont's and they actually do it like a, I think it's called a style board. Do you know what I'd spend my whole 10000 on? What? Warm, you know, the warming floorboards? Oh, yeah. Warm yeah. the floorboards. I lived in Canberra for a while, for mm. a couple of years, and we had floor heating. Yep. Um, our electricity bill was $80,000. <laughs> my God, mate, we were warm as. Choose Beaumont Tiles, proudly Aussie, with 30% off Aussie made tiles. Uh, that is on right now. I'm on off the bench to look back on the news of the week. Oh, mate, it's been a big news and uh, weekend rugby league for news. And, of course, um, let's kick it off with that. Uh, and, again, we won't go into too much detail because we will talk about uh, Thursday night's game in more detail soon. But mm. Broncos now four losses uh, in a row. Um, the Journos have moved their attention away um, from the Cronulla coach, from the Greeny Dragons. and the Dragons, uh, Greeny uh, in Townsville. And today it's on Anthony Seabold. And his future at the club. I mean, come on. He's uh, even Alex Glenn has come out and said, "Listen, it's not about the preparation. We're just not executing on the ground. We're, we're not giving a hundred percent." I just want to throw this in to start you off. Oh, oh, they just look lost in attack, <laughs> don't they? What about look what I've just written down on my piece of paper here? Lost, lost, and it's lack of leadership, right? Well, uh, yeah, it's lack of leadership. It's lack of experience. It's a poor game plan. Uh, it's very okay. Let me stop you predictable. there. Predictable. Okay, let's let's break that down then. Mm. So, uh, who's responsible for the game plan? Well, the coach. Okay, all right. So maybe it is Anthony Seabold's fault. Execution—that's purely the players, right? Yeah, execution. But if you don't have a, 
a game plan. If you don't have a game plan that's threatening the defensive line from an attacking point of view, let's just take defence out of it yep. at the moment. If you don't have a game plan that threatens the defence or you don't have the players that are willing to threaten the defence and put their key players, like Tavita Pengai Jr. and yep. co., into key positions where the, the defence feels vulnerable, that's coaching. If it's if he has got the game plan that covers all those areas, well, then it's, he doesn't have the right personnel to execute it. Do you think that is the problem? I mean, look at the personnel. Anthony Milford on Thursday night uh, set up that no try for, for Corey Oates, went to the line, passable. Mate, that was really good play. That was a try. Uh, yeah, it was, hmm. actually. You're dead right. It yep. was. But here's the thing, though. He never did it for the rest of the match. Mm. Did you see him go to the line and throw the ball and set people up? Well, you know, Anthony Milford is not the style of a player like a in the same position, number six, Kieran Foran. Milford's not that sort of player. Milford is a runner. He needs to be skipping around the field. It's not his fault, Anthony Milford, that he's playing in the number six jersey. It's just the coaches put him there. And we don't know whether... Where should he be? He's a fullback. Yep. He's a guy that needs to be able to see the, the rugby league field for what it is, from east to west... And look at the opportunities. At the moment, he's kept in this one little corridor and he feels isolated and he feels like it's, there's too many bodies in the one area. He needs to have the whole, a whole open field. Now, we don't know whether he's had discussions behind closed doors with the coach saying, no, I want to be a 5'8". I want to be a 5'8". Mm. If he is having those discussions, well, it's both their faults because Anthony's got to realise he's a fullback and that's it. And at the moment, while, they're play, while he's playing at number six... They're not going to get the right results on a week-to-week basis. He might have one good game. And he, he jumps out of the box and creates two or three tries, and the Broncos have a have a memorable win. But they're very few and far between those sort of games when your number six is your your highest profile player. Okay, and Brody Croft comes under that as well. He, he's a he's a he's a robot halfback. He's a, I was about to say that as well. He he um, kicks to the corners. He does everything. He's, he's not creative. You've, he's predictable. He's a pre-COVID halfback. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. When a the pre-co- game is slower. And you could just – and you use the, the rugby league field like a chessboard. Yeah. Okay. And that's what Anthony Seabold is. He's quite a structured coach. From all accounts, he's loosened – He's loosened off a little bit from his game plan, but still he's still got a, a very disciplined structure about him. The new rule is telling us you can't be a structured halfback. You need to have some structure, but you've got to be able to now and then be spontaneous and creative. And when you do that, you've got to be able to take the line on, put other players in, in better positions to, uh, to be able to you know, have some sort of an impact on the defensive line. And they don't have those players, unfortunately. Well, I thought their defence was pretty was 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 okay against Newcastle. They, I actually thought it was okay. They shut down um, Kalen Ponga absolutely, actually better than what are the, yeah. the a lot of the better defensive sides yeah. are. Yeah, but again, it just comes back to the the inability to stay focused for the entire yeah. period of the game. I mean, their only try was scored from a ninety nine metre intercept. Yeah, it's not like they they worked a field position. They got no. an offload. They ran off the back of the offload. They, you know took three players to the line, took the right option, scored. Mm. It was against the run of play. And they haven't scored a second-half try in what seems like 15 years. Like, it's it is really it's really dire straits for the Brisbane Broncos. They are lacking they are lacking a real leader out there as well. They really are. And, and the first time I sent Huss come off the field as well. He didn't, he didn't play the whole 80 minutes, which was, which was very interesting. Don't know whether he's carrying an injury yeah, or not. They're just they're rudderless. They're rudderless. They the are. Moment. That's the and, word. And it comes, 
It just comes back to the lack of experience they've got in the key positions. Darius was slow again last night. I mean, how how well, how much no longer, mate? How much longer are they going to persist? Jermaine Asaka, fullback, and I've been one of his greatest supporters as a fullback. Now I'm now I'm now can I'm now resigned to the fact he's not a fullback because defensively he was responsible for two tries being scored last night. So you've got a ready-made fullback in the team who's a five-eight. And you've got a fullback who's struggling a little bit in defence. I mean, come on, make the move. The Anthony. problem is if Anthony Milford goes from the five eighth position to fullback, who plays five eight? That's the problem. That's the biggest problem. Now, Tom Dearden, when he played halfback last year as an eighteen year old, he has got a really old head on young shoulders. Yeah, he's a throwback. He's been he's been brought into this life as a as a former rugby league player that's that's played in another era because. He likes to take control. You go back and look at the numbers. And that's that what Ant- they need. Right? You, go, you go back and look at the numbers that Anthony Milford was putting up when Tom Dearden was the halfback last year before he got injured. It was the best rugby league Milford's played since the 2015 season. There you go. Rightio. And oh, just on a side note, I thought Isaac Luke looked all right for the Broncos. He wasn't too bad. He added a little oh, bit of mongrel. Yeah, he did. Um, what I will say is that Xavier tackled Coates... His, tackled his yeah, off, Xavier Coates was good. Yeah, he was. Um, the it's, Pat Carrigan late hit on Mitchell Pierce. He's a dog of an act. Well, yeah, and it's it's not what Pat Carrigan's about. Is, it must be frustration. It's frustration. It's also, it's the old common thread in coaching when you tell your forwards that when the halfback lets go of the ball, make sure he hits the ground, make sure he's getting up off the ground so he's not involved in the next, set of, next ruck. So that's been happening for decades in rugby league. Unfortunately, Pat took it a little bit too far, and he'll spend yeah. some time on the sideline. Hey, mate, I, I um I don't know whether we said this on air a couple of weeks ago, or whether it was a discussion you and I had off air because you don't know they all you know mm. blend into one. Um, Bulldogs want Bellamy, yeah, uh, and that was a breaking news last night. But here's the interesting thing: the Storm said, and this is what we talked yep. about. Storm said they'll let him go early due to the great service he's given the club. Now I can't remember whether we had that on air on this show. No, off whether, air, we've had that. Thanks we've for bringing that, that to our. <laughs> But but that's the interesting thing because I said to you, I said, mate, if if Bellamy wanted to go somewhere else, I'm sure the Storm would let him go. Now, the story is um, he's kind of waiting on Cam Smith. If Cam Smith retires at the end of this year, the story is that he may leave the Storm. No, he he won't leave because Cam leaves. Okay. Because he won't walk out because the best player that's ever played is going to leave him in the lurch because that's not what Craig Bellamy's about. Craig Bellamy... Built Cameron Smith. He was always already a very good player, Cameron Smith. A very, very good player as a schoolboy coming through. But Craig Bellamy, he just added the polish, polishing touches. Okay. Um, he wouldn't leave because of Cam Smith. The only reason I think that he would leave would be at the end of his contract. And if it's where he can move his family, that's somewhere that's not Sydney. I don't think Craig Bellamy would it's want to go Queensland. to Sydney. Yeah, well... He's That's always, where he's from, isn't well, he? Well, no, he's, he's actually a Canberra boy. Oh, right, okay. But he's, he's got family in, in southeast Queensland. Yeah, right. I, I just feel as though that I wouldn't see Craig Bellamy going to Sydney. Well, here's the thing. Why would he leave a $1.5, $1.6 million contract in Melbourne to go to $1.2 million in Sydney? Yeah, the only thing, you know, Craig's probably been, he's been used to dealing with a football department that's had um, – a lot of funds available, a lot of resources available. So like Desi Hasler, he likes to go to clubs that that are over-resourced. You've got to have all the resources available for your players. Um, even though he's got this real sort of SAS black ops mentality, <laughs> he likes to have a lot of the a lot of the intricate 
resources that, that surround a rugby league operations. And Craig's had that at Melbourne also. So these sort of guys make decisions also based on what resources am I going to get to make my job a little bit easier. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'm sure a few clubs would love to get the services of Bellamy, maybe mm. the Gold Coast Titans. Um, could be an option if he wants to go to South East Queensland. Maybe that second Brisbane team, if it comes off, mm. uh, could be a possibility we d- he'd be as well. Definitely a, he'd be definitely a, a number one target, a priority. Yeah, yeah. right, right. He okay. comes off contract at the end of next year. Righto. Mm. Uh, Peter Volandis to cut $160 million worth of costs from NRL head office. Uh, we've talked about this in the past as well. There is a lot of fat there. I mean, there's 400 staff. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of those are development officers. And again, I think we've 200 had... out of 440. But I, I it's reckon. Not, it's not about the 200 development officers, no. Jace. It's but about I think, the upper executives. Shouldn't they be at the clubs anyway, those development officers? Oh, no, they no. They have, clubs do have game, what they call game development, you know, the game development officers that that also work alongside the NRL development offices. Now, there's there's so many regions that have got to be covered from development offices that it, it can't be held solely responsible to the NRL clubs. That's why the NRL-branded uh, game development staff are out and about doing a wonderful job in all these regional areas to try and get the farthest reach possible. So, um, But then the club also have their game development as well, which you know, looks after their academies yeah. and identifies athletes out of these little programs, the NRL run that you could bring into your club, whatever it may be from an athlete point of view. So, you know, the 200 is is it's nece- it's a nece- I'm not saying that's where the cutting are from, by the way, but no, I was no, going to no. say of that 400 staff, you've got probably It's necessary. Half. You've got to have them. Right, okay. But, but some of the wages, I think, that – of the complaint of, of Peter Volandis and his and his committee in the ARLC are the upper executive salaries. Yeah, Some yeah. of the salaries that could be, I suppose, absorbed into other roles as well. Um, yeah, Peter Volandis interesting enough. People have always said, well, he's been part of the ARLC. He's signed off on a lot of these over the years. Now, he's publicly said that, and he said, you go and have a look at the our uh, previous minutes of the meetings. I've never signed off on the financials. Mm. Mm. Not only that, when you think about it, over 400 staff at the NRL, what are the other 200 odd doing? Oh, I mean, that seems it's, to be... I mean, it's a huge organisation. Don't get me wrong. Oh, come on, mate. It is. Well, it's, it's not a two-bit organisation. It's no, no, massive. No. Well, look, look, it's, at it's organi- national, look at the organisation. It's organi- actually not a national game. It's an international game. Right, but there's 200 of them, another 200 of them working yeah. in Sydney. Mate, look at businesses everywhere. There's There's... Uh, look at the company we work for. It's huge. Mm. We've got about 300 staff. I mean, you know, like, and we've got a lot of business across a lot of mm. a lot of states. I just, I don't know, mate. I just think it's a, it's, it's very heavy. He's going to clean it out to the tune of 160 million dollars. What that looks like? It's 100 million or 60 million next year. No, 100 million next year, and then 60 million. I think you find some year. departments will be outsourced to contractors, which is smart in this day and age. Absolutely, isn't it? yeah. You let let, let another organisation pay for. Payroll tax, superannuation, annual leave, all those things that come off your bottom line. Absolutely. And, and still make a profit. And smaller office space then. If mm. you have less staff, you don't need as big a, a venue. It's that time for an off-the-bench Friday night preview. Hey, um, yes, Friday night footy. The Panthers are taking on the Melbourne Storm. Sats, how does this look? Great game. Really good game. It's a, it's a huge test for the Penrith Panthers uh, Jace, it's a test for them for their ability to, to be able to get into an arm wrestle and again prove that you could go with one of the heavyweights. Now, the game against Parramatta last week, Parramatta, yeah, they are a heavyweight because of the way they played in their regular season last year and the way they've started off this year, but they haven't won a premiership yet 
So you can't really call them a modern day heavyweight. Mm. They're coming up against one of the modern day heavyweights, if not the greatest team in the in the modern era, the the greatest club, I should say, in Melbourne. I like what the Panthers threw up last week against Para. They just lost their nerve when they when both teams are waiting for the other to blink. And Parramatta, to their credit, they showed a lot of patience and composure, and they stayed in the fight. And years gone by, they would have let that game go. But Penrith blinked. They took their foot off the throat, and then Parramatta pounced. Now they're playing against a side who are the kings of control. They don't want to blow you off the park in the first 10 or 15 minutes. They want to they want to water torture you for 77 minutes, and if they have to give you the final blow, they will in the 12th round. That's what they'll do. And the Penrith Panthers, can they can learn a lot if they can get over top of the Melbourne Storm this week. Uh, can they be ruthless? I don't know. Penrith Panthers, that's my biggest... I think that's one of the biggest downfalls of Penrith at the moment, that they don't know how to be ruthless. And you're ruthless by being intense, being aggressive, making the right decisions at the right time, knowing yeah. when to control the game, um, getting in the face of your opponent and, and try to ruffle their feathers. And when you do, that's when you pounce. And mm. I just don't think they've learnt that yet. Um, and, yeah, so the big question is, can they go the distance with a team like... The Melbourne Storm. Now, admittedly, the Melbourne Storm, Jace, aren't the team they once were. They've lost Cronk, Slater, Ryan Hoffman, just just to name a few. Um, and they've got um, they've got you know, Riley Jacks at halfback, who's a really good good stabilising player for Munster. Uh, Branko Lee in the centres, so they've lost Will Chambers. So that sort of star factor yeah. starting to slowly fade. But their greatest asset is their hooker and their coach, the guy that sits in the stand. They and so yeah, for the Penrith Panthers this week, they've got to um, they've got to be able to withstand the the composure of of the Melbourne Storm. He was so great last week against Newcastle in the first round. Um, yeah, and are, yeah, and are Melbourne the same? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, do you think the um, the criticism that Cam Smith's been copying in Sydney media this week oh, about magic. him being the pocket referee? Well, he is. Well, that well that well yeah. But do you? Wally think- Lewis is the same. Alfie Langer was the same. Uh, absolutely. But do you think a that may affect Cam Smith and b do you think the referees will be looking closer at that? Um, I, I think, I think it's I think it's highlighted that the referees. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying this with any evidence. So this is pure speculation. But the perception is that the referees sometimes do get overawed if Cameron is always in their head. Now, um, when it comes to how you deal with the referee, you can be subtly manipulated if if you. But he's not subtle, mate. He goes, "That's a penalty." Ref. Yeah, he goes, he, yeah, right. Oh, that yep, is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not subtle. You know, there's guys like Joey. He's actually refereeing. So the guys like Joey Johns, like they were in the referees' faces to the point where the referees felt. They're going to be physically threatened, so yeah, that, the referees don't answer to that. But I think what I think what it has highlighted now is that the referees had an opportunity this week to really take a stand and and not put up with it, not put up with the subtle manipulation. Now, Cam Smith's not the only player that does it. Every player does it. Every player talks to the referee on the field. But I think you're right. I think he intimidates the he, referees. He, intim- he, t- he intimidates them one through his the aura, yep, through his career, but two. He's ultra articulate and intelligent. He sees, he sees the game. You two just get a room, oh, mate. Yeah, yeah. He sees the game well ahead of I know he's what a good. lot of players do. So he's good. He can actually see what's developing. He actually has a line ready for the referee before the referee sees just it. Just give him the whistle. I say, and might as well just do both. When he retires, we keep talking about whether he's going to be a, 
a coach or is he going to go on the <laughs> in the ARLC board? He might be. He might end up being a referee. That he would be the, quite funny. The referees, it? coaches. All right, this is uh, off the bench. More to come. Thanks to Hastings Deering, the best cat equipment parts, service, and technology. Hastings Deering, your advantage, and Bob JT Marts, tire and wheel specialist. This is off the bench. You're listening to Off the Bench, and for the best cat equipment, parts, and service, Hastings Deering, your advantage, and Bob JT Marts, tire and wheel specialists. We'll be back soon. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T. Mars, tyre and wheel specialists. And for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage. On Off The Bench, a Thursday night NRL review. Out to that right side for Newcastle, they're Clemmer. Strong charge from him. And an offload as well to Glasby, to McCulloch. Here's Pierce into the line. Oh. Finds Kurt Mann. Beautiful. Too easy. Beautiful pass. Pierce to Mann. First blood, Newcastle. They're in. Ten gone. Newcastle four. Kick to come. Brisbane nil. Well, it all starts in the front row. And we spoke about in our matchups before the game, the art of the offload and how important it is. And it's something that David Clemmer has introduced into his game. Pierce to man. Man with a little Play. kick in behind them. Beautiful. Brisbane had no defenders out there. A beautiful kick, and Heimel Hunt will score Newcastle's second try of the night. All too easy in the end. 10 0, the Knights lead. Kick to come. Great hands from Heimel Hunt. By Pangai. Last tackle. Intercept. Xavier Coates. See you later. Shut the gate. He's up over the halfway line. Kalen Ponga coming. Xavier Coates, though, will score a length of the field. Intercept try for Brisbane. He saved four points by taking the ball out of the grasp of uh, Edric Lee. And now Xavier Coates has scored for the Broncos. 12-4. Kick to come. Newcastle in front of Brisbane. Yeah, tremendous work here by the young right winger. It's McCulloch going short to Saifidi for the line. He's tackled a metre away. Or is he? No, he's not. He'll fall over and score. Wow. They gave up on what the tackle. What a player. What? There was other Broncos defenders around that just sort of stood and were waiting for him to get up and play it. But they hadn't completed the tackle. Well, it was, a, it was a quick play, the ball, and he ran straight at Isaac Luke, the smaller man, who made really good contact. McCulloch to Saifidi. He's only about two metres out, three metres out from the trial line, but he uses good footwork to spin out of the tackle. Uh, the return, although a little kick over the top by Croft, and it's been knocked yep. on there by McCulloch. No, he didn't touch it. He must have gone straight over the top of the ball. Ten minutes late. He <laughs> kicked it over the top for Milford to chase, and, you know, the game's just about gone. Here's Shibasaki going for a run. Newcastle looking to put an exclamation mark on this one tonight as they've looked very strong throughout. Their defence has been outstanding tonight for Newcastle. Aiden Guerra, he's tackled, set restart here for the Knights. Let's talk about defence. Payne Haas, just another 50 tackles for tonight. Oh, he's outstanding, isn't he? And that's... That's what's going against Brisbane's halves. It's not as if their forward pack has been completely outplayed tonight, but they've been bereft of any five. Kick to come, Brisbane sick. And it is full time. So full time. Well done to the Newcastle Knights. A rock-solid performance from them tonight. They've defeated Brisbane Broncos by 27 points to six. Where to now for Brisbane? Yeah, mate. At uh, our Royal Nation call last night of the Knights Broncos, we talked about the uh, the Bronx at the yep. top of the show. In thirty seconds, mate, your thoughts on the Knights? Controlled, 
didn't have to probably get out of third or fourth gear. Carlin Ponga was dangerous without being overly potent. His positioning was beautiful and his threat was great. But I thought the Broncos really handled him well last night. Their forward back, they got beaten up in the forwards. Daniel Saifiti, uh, David Klemmer. Um, the Saifiti brothers were amazing. Herman SASA, they were. They were outstanding. So, yeah, the Broncos forwards completely outplayed. And then on the back of that, you have the subtle touches of, of Mitch Pearce and, and Carlin Ponger and co. that were enough to finish them off. All righty. Well done. That was a Knights win. 27-6 over the Broncos. You all right there, mate? Oh. You got a furball. <laughs> got a fur- <laughs> Hot Topic Time on Off The Bench. Get connected with Southern Phone. Amazing new mobile SIM deals are available now from Southern Phone. Uh, Geez, wasn't uh, Joey really annoyed and cranky about that late hits on uh, Mitchell Pearce last night? Well, he was really cranky, I suppose, about the Newcastle Knights, the ability just to, to... stand over the top of the Brisbane Broncos. He, he focused on a, a run from Daniel Saifidi off a kickoff where he ran straight into Payne Haas, I think it was, and no one else either side of Payne Haas off a kickoff got involved in the tackle. And then, so he's talking about their, their ability to, I suppose, get in the fight, the Broncos. And then there was a tackle on Mitchell Pearce in the, uh, in the second half where he was hit really late, really, really late by Pat Carrigan. With his back to the defensive He'd already line. delivered yeah, the ball. Yeah. Back back was facing the defence. Yeah. Pat Carrigan hit him in down around the middle of the back. Whiplash, he sees head snap back as well. And Joey Johns, after the game, post-game, really critical of Pat Carrigan and the Broncos. It all Pierce has been smashed. That hit by Carrigan. Oh, look out. She's at this stage on the court. Yeah. Let me know if it's more than that. At this stage on the court and... An investigation as to whether that might warrant greater punishment. Okay, leave it! Well, the problem is there's leave no it. natural justice Hayland, on the Hayland, field. get your blokes away. Anymore. That is just... Corey, it Corey, is Corey. so dangerous and it's cheap. Yeah. My biggest Alex, pet hate in the game. Take him back. You see the whip Jacob, Jacob, in the head. Jacob, let's Could go. Could you imagine 30 years ago what would happen if someone hit your halfback like that? Could you imagine Paul Harrigan, what he would do? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Natural justice. I, I love that line from, from Joey. There's no more natural justice. It started after the Paul Gallon punch on Nate Miles. And that was the last probably form of natural justice when Nate Miles was renowned for jamming his head in right into the chin and the neck. He'd, he'd lead with his head, when, he, head when, he'd go, yeah, when he'd go into the tackle. And Paul Gallon had enough of it and he warned him. And he did it again and <laughs> more, more or less Nate said, what are you going to do about it? So Gallon's gone whack, whack. Bang. And that's when everything changed. Yeah, I know. That's when... Halfbacks and wingers started slapping front rows <laughs> and knew that they were going to get away with it because there was no natural justice anymore. Now, it's good for the game that there's no more natural justice, but there is still no, part of so me. Nice. There's part of me, Jace, that says that a player should have been able to walk up to Pat Carrigan last night after he saw his halfback get whacked, yep. look him in the eye, not king hit him, and go, Rightio, let's go. We're getting yep. it on. Crash. Yep. And they yep. get into it one-on-one. Yep. We break it up, and then we all play on. I love it. I love it. I love this aggressive Scott Sattler. It's, it's amazing. Well, I've always thought we've got a place in the game for, like, the ice hockey. Yes. We've got a little section where you go, Rightio, you two jump in there. You go for it for 30 seconds, then we pull you back out Bit again. of rock and roll wrestling. <laughs> Halfback comes out with a chair, whacks a prop over the back. Uh, that's our hot topic. Amazing new mobile sim deals from Southern Phone. This is Off The Bench. You're listening to Off The Bench, and for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage, and Bob Jane T-Marts, tyre and wheel specialists. We'll be back soon.
We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T. Mars, tyre and wheel specialists. And for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage. Oh, look, we've got the great Scotty Sattler, uh, Jason Matthews here, and it's time to get the latest from Racing Queensland. Race at your place, racingqueensland.com.au. Chris Nelson, we're back at Doomben on Saturday. Yeah, we are, Jason. Uh, good to uh, speak to you and yourself and uh, Stats. And, yeah, we are. We're at Doombin Saturday after a couple of really successful weeks at Eagle Farm. We've got a listed race. It's the Phoenix for the two-year-olds over 1,600 metres, and that's race number five on the card. And we've got a number of locals, and they're taking on some uh, visitors from New South Wales. We've got horses coming from Goulburn, Scone and uh, Warwick Farm. So a bit of a state of origin feel about tomorrow's Phoenix, guys. Chris, will the weather... Um play on any of the, the possible outcomes of some of the favourites? Because it has been a little bit wet, hasn't it? It may do, and I think we need to keep a close eye on the weather. I thought, uh, well, yesterday we had a soft six track. Uh, we're back to a, or gone back to a soft seven today with some rain overnight. I thought we'd be back in the good range, but that's probably not going to happen now. So just keep a close eye on that weather going forward. Uh, it will actually make a difference to some of those horses in that maiden race. So just uh, yeah, have an eye in the skies tonight and make sure you check the track condition in the morning. Can you help me get back some of the money you've lost me in the last two weeks? Oh, this week? Didn't take re- long. Look, I reckon I can. I, I, I fully deserve that one. I think I can. Uh, race two, number three, hold the line. Now, you'll need a good bank for this one because there's not going to be any flash odds, but I think we'll be winning for sure. And in the last race, race nine, number six, Panino. She loves the mud. Last time I checked, she was around $8, and she'll get a good run. So she might be the one that can uh, replenish your funds there, hopefully. All right, Fingers all right Chris, let's... He says that. Listen, <laughs> mate, um, thank you for that. Uh, with the help of Sky Racing and Tab Race at your place, visit racingqueensland.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Chris Nelson, thank you, mates. Thanks, Jase. Thanks, Sat. Who gets a mention in our Off the Bench Performance of the Week? Yeah, time to do our Performance of the Week. Sats, what's yours? Mine is the New Zealand Warriors. I mean, we, we love them anyway for what the sacrifices they've made. I think I love them even more now than I read. Uh, while they're in isolation in Sunshine, uh, sorry, the Central Coast, some of the the restrictions apparently were you weren't allowed outside until you, unless you had a pet. So they called one of the local rescue pounds and said, "Bring all your dogs up here. We're going to take them for walks and continue to do it, even though the restrictions have been dropped now." They're starting to make me sick now. They're being they're too, too good. Nice. Yeah, they're, they're too, too good. I I reckon there's an underbelly there. We'll find it. Yeah, one of them refused to walk a Labrador instead. Walk to Sharpay. <laughs> they hissed at a cat. Caelan Ponger is my performance of the week. Uh, four years, four point five million, four point four million. What a blo- what a top bloke you are, Caelan. <laughs> You're my new best friend. Hey, listen. Of course, this weekend, round six. Uh, it's the um, Beanie for Brain Cancer yeah. round. Of course, the Mark Hughes Foundation uh, is a wonderful organisation. And, and Mark Hughes from the Mark Hughes Foundation joined us during the week on Sports Day. So this year. Boozy, and it's a black and also like a leopard print, I believe. Yeah, and I'd, I'd love to see you in a leopard print, Slats. I think that would be your strong point. <laughs> now, what was your uh, what was your contingency yeah. plan if the if the comp didn't resume? Well, you know what, there, there, there really wasn't one. We had the beanies coming, and we're just going to have to work, find a way to, to sell, sell them, mate. It was a, it was a quite a scary time, but we held our nerves, and thankfully um, everything's falling into place, and we can. Um, sell plenty of beanies and raise the awareness and, um, yeah, continue, you know, accelerating on this research because that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, we want to find a, find, find an answer to brain cancer and 
We've just got to keep raising the money. Yeah, like you said, the markhughesfoundation.com.au, IGA selected IGAs and lows. It's $20 for kids, $25 for the adults, Boozy? Yeah, the, the kids ones um, only online only, and um, I think they won't be going online till Friday, but they look awesome yep. on Friday. Uh, they look awesome, um, so if you want to get one for the kids. I went over to the night session yesterday, um, and no, I, did, I didn't do a cherry lamb. I stayed... Um, the other side of the fence, and um, yeah, I stayed on the other side. It was a weird setup, so I was on the road, sort of thing, and all the boys were sort of a meter on the other side of the fence, and I was uh, chatting to them about the foundation and what we what we're doing. So it was, uh, but it was good to see the boys, and um, they were all in their beanies. And you know what? It wouldn't be anywhere near as successful if the leading players, coaches, administrators in our game weren't behind it, and they sure are in the media. So. We're lucky that just it's, it seems like a weekend where we all agree on something, and that is we want to try and find an answer to brain cancer, and everyone seems to put their hand up to help. Yeah, it's, it's great to see those current players, and they'll do it at every club. Is there a current player or, or a former teammate or someone you know that just hasn't got a head for a beanie? Because I haven't. I know that. Is there, is there someone who's uh, got the worst head for a beanie? Adam Terry McDougal. Butterfield. One, that's bringing, one that's bringing to mind to me, and I was talking the other day, he's a good mate of mine, Dave Fairley had a big head, oh, quite a big head, and you'd have massive head. Get one Three to fit of them in. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've got some teammates that would be more suited to wearing a balaclava than a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, true, <laughs> but, um, true. I knew a few of them yeah. back in the day at Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but, hey, Boozy, um, this has all come about because yeah. of your. Uh, you're running with brain cancer, and you you know you you've basically beaten it. But is that what's your what's your long term outlook prognosis there for you? Are you, you it's well, all in the past for I'm, sure. I feel fit, feel healthy, but uh, unfortunately, mate, the reality of brain cancer is I get scans every four months. Uh, no one will ever say that I've beaten it. Um, so it is really it's it's a really extremely terrible disease. So whilst I look looking pretty I think I'm looking good anyway well I look yeah. good on radio <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's one of them things um, no one's ever going to say to me you're, you've passed so once you get brain cancer um, it's it's a, it's a tough partner to have and at the end of the day there's no cure so tough one mm. Boozy is there some good days some bad days for you still um you know what, so I, I really, I, I feel that I'm surrounded by great people. I train of a morning with um, Chief and Kirk yep. Gibbs and Bedsy and all, and all these boys. So my day starts so well um, and I'm positive and strong and family and friends and I see all this support I get for the foundation. So no, I don't have any real bad days. I, I, I'm, I'm strong and feeling grateful and thankful and, you know, I guess I'm as good as my next scan. I just got to, I got to pass this scan in. In, a, in about two weeks' time, get through that, and then I'll go for another four months. But I think the rugby league background helps you in dealing mm. with this stuff, and mm. you just want to get on top of it, get get yourself better and get back on the field. Well, that's sort of how I'm uh, looking at it. Yeah, no, good stuff, mate. And you mentioned brain, care, uh, brain cancer research, but also it funds nurses in regional Australia, so it's all, all that money goes to a great cause. Yeah, I'm very proud of our, our, our brain cancer care nurses and very proud that we're just putting some in uh, Tamworth. We're looking at and another one in Port Macquarie over the next month. So we're going to keep expanding. We collaborate with uh, researchers in Queensland. We've got researchers everywhere now. 
We've just put an NRL beanie for brain cancer researcher in the Sydney Children's Hospital. So we've just paid for his next three years. Of, um, so that's just another set of eyeballs uh, on brain cancer every day. And that, that's what we need. We need eyeballs studying and staring at brain cancer until we get this thing sorted. You're listening to Off The Bench. And for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Searing. Your Advantage and Bob Jane T-Mart's Tire and Wheel Specialists. We'll be back soon. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's Tire and Wheel Specialists and for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering. Your Advantage. Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench. Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews here for Choices Flooring. Floors for Living Sale now on Off The Record Sats. I love this juicy stuff you give us. What do you got? <laughs> uh, we heard Gordon tell us, I think it was Thursday night, um, might have been pre-game, post-game, talking about the Brisbane Broncos old boys who have got a really proud history, short history, and they always embrace all their past players. They used to have a, a Saturday barbecue after the captain's run. Yeah, nice. And, so that's gone, by the way, over the last few years. And a lot of the uh, the old boys have started to, to filter out of the club, away from the club, supporting the club, and publicly slandering the club. You know? so, um, and no one really wants to put their finger on it. Well, I can tell you the reason why the old boys – uh, no longer want to be part of the club. All dates back to Andrew G, the former football manager, general manager of football of the of the Broncos, proud past player as well. When he was released by the club under suspicious circumstances, all the old boys feel as though that there's some in the club that have a lot to answer for, yeah, wow. and they left him out in the cold, which has affected his his life moving on. Wow. Okay, mm. that's off the record. Choices flooring, floors for living sale is on now. Enjoy big savings on carpet, hard flooring, blinds, and rugs. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our off the bench footy tips. Righty out. Round six continues. Titans versus Dragons. Sats. I'm going to go Dragons. West Tigers versus the Cowboys. Tigers, too good defensively, I think. Roosters versus Eels. What a game this oh, is for Saturday oh, night. Toss a coin, but I think the Roosters. Yeah. I just, think, they just know how to win the big games. Yeah, I've got to go and scrub myself, but I reckon the Roosters yep. as well. Uh, Raiders versus the Seagulls. Raiders, Seagulls got a, a couple of key players out. Okay, and Sharks versus Bulldogs. Who cares? I'm going to take Sharks 13+. plus. There's okay. my bet for the weekend. Right, 13+. plus. Yep. Wow, that's, that's Get on pretty, it, Chase. Right, I'll do it right now. Before we go, on Off The Bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? That's you got 10 seconds. Well, uh, the Roosters and Parra game, but a new ESPN 30 for 30 documentary oh, like called these. Long Gone Summer. Even if you're not a baseball fan, it's the Mark Maguire, Sammy Sosa, uh, home run chase in 1998. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing whether the Eels are the real deal. Find out against the Roosters mm. on Saturday night. This has been Off the Bench for Hastings Daring, the best cat equipment, parts, service and technology. Hastings Daring, that's your advantage. And Bob Jane, T-Mart's Tyron Will Specialist. Have a great See weekend.